Thanks for downloading this podcast from RNIB Connect Radio. Jennifer Smith lost her sight due to a condition called keratoconus. She joins me in the programme now to tell us about her journey with sight loss and how escaping personal abuse has given her a new outlook on life. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us here in the programme today. Now, you lost your sight due to a condition called keratoconus. Can you tell us a bit about the condition and when you were diagnosed? Yes, so um, I went for my normal optician's review. I just thought I was very, very short-sighted. And I went for my normal optician's and had my eyesight test. And he said, you've got keratoconus. And I said, could you explain it to me? And he said, the cornea goes out of shape and the light doesn't hit it as it should, and you can lose your sight. I had glasses at the time. What we say when you have that condition, if you have the contacts and you have them on your eye, it actually stabilizes the condition. So I thought he meant for a lifetime, the condition will be stabilized and you know everything will be okay. And I kept going for my yearly checks. And then one day he said, no, it's getting more out of shape. And there's going to be a time when you won't be able to put the contacts on your eyes. And I thought, okay, said I'm going to make you a referral to the hospital. Eventually, I couldn't wear contacts anymore and the eyes were getting very bad. And my consultant at the time was at the hospital. I saw my consultant in maybe 1999. And he said, Jennifer, the technologies are not there yet. Don't go and have your transplant yet. And every year up to 2007... He kept saying, Jennifer, the technology's not there yet. Don't have it yet. And I just thought, I need to just listen to him. And during this time, I couldn't drive. I wasn't allowed to drive in the night time because when the light hits the cornea, it's like blinding. So in 2008, I went to have it done on the left side. I went for my normal hospital appointment, saw someone in the team, and they said, actually, I need to go and see the consultant right now. And I thought, okay, go and see the consultant. He said, I'm going to let the consultant talk to you. And I went into the consultant's office and he said, sit down. And I sat down. He said, you can't see out of your eye anyway. He said, if I offer you an operation, it will make it better. You've got you've got no sight in that eye. And I didn't realize I had no sight in the eye. I just thought, that's how you see. And he said, uh, so I'm going to get my secretary to look for the match. As soon as we find that match, I'm going to call you in and you're going to have it done. And... I just wanted to say to him, I can see. I can see. What are you talking about? I, what do you mean I can't see? What do you mean? My, what do you mean operation? And that was it. We didn't have any type of big introduction about this is what the operation, this is what you've got, this is what's going to entail, this is where you are, this is what's going to be done. The morning of my operation, the anaesthetist came in and he introduced himself and he said, you're going to have a deep lamella operation. And he said, I'll tell you what it means. It's a new thing, and what it does, when they put the cornea from someone else, they're going to scrape off the cell, and it's going to allow your cells to grow. I had the operation done, and within a couple of months, it went through a period of rejection. Ever since then, I've struggled with this condition. The right eye is losing sight. My husband was in intensive care in 2003, so by 2008, Everything was just crazy. My daughter was born in 2004 and I had a son in 2005. So my life was very, very hectic. So to have this, the rejection and everything else going on, it was like a life-changing, dramatic effect, really. Absolutely. I mean, it just sounds like you waited so long for this, what sounded like it was going to be a miracle. And then 
you know, it just all went to pot, really, didn't it? So how have you actually managed since? I know you're losing the sight in your other eye, but how has your life changed? We never talked about if it went wrong. The only thing I did when I was leaving, I said, what's your success rate? And he said, 96% or something. So I didn't question anything. So when it went wrong, he just said to me, I'm going to have to come to the hospital every week. So you can imagine me with the four-year-old and the three-year-old traveling to the hospital every week, every Monday in the clinic. He said, you're going to lose the cornea. He said, I'm going to have to give you a drug. Usually we only give this to patients who have kidney or other transplants but on this case you're really going to need it because your body's just rejecting everything everything just spiraled out of control because then when he gave me the drug that i got glaucoma in it and i didn't realize it was glaucoma i just thought everybody sees like that so it's an ongoing thing the last three children have grown up with me i have six so the last three have grown up with me losing my sight they're so meticulous so when i'm walking sometimes my son will say to me mummy that's really not dog poopy, dog, mummy, because the mound is different. The shape is different, mummy. That's just a pile of leaves. Oh, what pets. You know, it's amazing just how resilient children are and how they do pick up on uh, blindness. I noticed it with my little niece when she was only three years old. And she, out of all of my nieces and nephews, was just amazing. She really, really used to describe everything to me and be very mindful and she still is you know as a 13 year old she's she's an amazing kid but you know I suppose when you do have children or, or nieces and nephews or, or people in the family who are used to you being able to see and then suddenly you know you have a change in your visual field I suppose it, it, it takes a long time for them to get used to it as well yes I think the older three They've always been upset with me. Mummy, you passed me on the street because I was trying to coordinate myself and I didn't know how to ask for help. You know, I've always kind of had to work and do this and that, so I didn't know about RNIB. I had no idea about all these things and I was trying to cope with my life with, you know, your normal, ordinary, day-to-day life. And where are you working at the time, Jennifer? When I had my operation, I wasn't working. But before that, I'd always been working. Going through this process has made me think about how everything is visually organised. When you're losing your sight or you don't appear to fit in, it's really hard for others around you to kind of get a grasp of it, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I tend to agree with you in the visual aspects um, and, and life being, you know, I've never heard it being put that way, but it, it's so true. I think for people like yourself and myself, that is very true. I suppose somebody that's never had any sight wouldn't see it that way because what you've never had, you can't really compare. But for, for the likes of you and I, yes, I mean, everything in my life was so visual. I was driving, I was an air hostess, I was working. You know, I was going out with my friends and all of a sudden I was, you know, hanging off the arms of my friends and not able to see anything and relying on people for really the first time in my life and and having to give up my work so you know losing your sight at a particular age losing your sight at any age is awful but I suppose you know when when you're at an age where you're right in the midst of of things and you know the threshold of your life it's very very difficult now I know that uh, you have you've really struggled over the years haven't you you were married when they told me your eyes blind I thought actually I know that my job is not going to help me anymore. 
So I went to do my law degree and Jill, that was even a struggle. Okay, I do accept that part of it was me because I didn't know how to ask for help and I really thought that I could manage through. I could muddle this through, you know. I'm a strong character. I'll muddle through this. And I remember doing my first exam and I said, they said, could we do, do you need any help? And I said, yes. And I said, could you just blow up the exam paper for me? And she did blow up the exam paper, but it was still the same font size. So I, I remember sitting on the desk doing the first exam with an A3 paper that couldn't fit on the desk, getting really dark outside and thinking, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? You know, I went back to do my law degree. My husband's got a brain injury and he's got... um kidney disease but he's been very abusive to me over the last how many years and I decided to walk out after 34 years it's been a struggle because you have good times and bad times with someone but when they are really on the other end of the scale that people don't understand you do have to make a stand don't you you most definitely do and having you know experienced you know the abusive relationships in my past you know, it, it is something that I think you become quite dependent on the person that is abusing you in many cases. And you start to see it as something that is pretty normal. And it does take maybe one particular episode to make you realize that what you are actually going through is not normal. And by staying with this particular person or being around that particular person, you're actually just, you're not doing yourself any favours because unless you make a change, they're not going to change. And in many cases, you know, can people change? I, I don't know. I don't know if, if people who are abusers can you know, not be abusers. Abuse. I, I, I don't know. I can't answer that question. But what I do know is if you are being abused, you can change things, but it takes a lot of strength and a lot of determination and a, a lot of, of organising. You know, once I was in Tesco's and I had my phone and someone came up to me and took it out of my pocket, they thought I couldn't see it. You know, when I used to use my sticks, they used to get not bullied by people, but I think they wanted to see why she got the stick. And I had to say to this person, I've just felt, I know I can't see, but I can still feel. So, you know, all along the way, it's not just the person next to me it's been... You know, when you go out with the eyesight, it's just taught me so much. And I have to do what I need to do to get on, isn't it? You know, I'm struggling because I have six kids, but it's not the end. I'm still breathing. So I have to make a positive mark and positive stance because it doesn't matter what you say, what you have around you. So my children will see, well, actually, I've seen this, but then I've seen that. You have something to mark it against, isn't it? Very much so. And I think, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's a terrible kind of state of affairs that, that you have found yourself in. I mean, you know, you, you are struggling and I know you're struggling uh, because we've spoken previously about this. And, you know, you do have your children and but it, you are safe now. And that's one thing that is really kind of been a positive step for you hasn't it being safe being in a a safe place a safe environment and you know just being able to get on with your life the best you can in that safe environment has done wonders for you hasn't it you know when things become so normalized that when you're asking people for help it's not that they're turning their back on you but it's normal 
you know, it's like, why are you making, why are you making a stance? Why are you talking? About, you know, one of the things I, I always say to my kids is, never be afraid to talk something. You may not be ready to talk it, but when you're ready to talk it, don't be afraid. Just say it. Just speak up. Because if you don't speak up, you're going to burden yourself. And one day, you know, the body's just going to be pressurized so much, it's going to act out whatever it needs to act out. So, you know, on top of that, when you're, you know, you don't want to speak about the sight loss, that's one issue. Then you don't want to speak about the abuse. Then you don't, you know, it's just ongoing, ongoing. So I'm struggling, but because I'm feeling safer, you know, making like how you said today, talking to connect, I never would have done this before. It's all about how you save yourself, really. And sometimes you've got to turn your back, whether it be on, on you know, your culture or family or friends or whatever the case may be. Sometimes you've got to turn your back on things to be able to find the strength and to muster up the strength to move forward and show and educate the people that you, you've had to turn your back on and, and let them see that, look, I am still a normal person. I'm still able to do ABC. It's just my eyes aren't working the way they used to. Yeah, and sometimes the eye gets really irritated and I don't know if it's a sign of rejection or whatever. So they, you know, I go to the hospital and they say, don't worry, we'll give you a follow-up in three months. And for whatever reason, they don't. So... I'm just saying I have to just make those steps for me, don't I, like you just said. And sometimes, you know, I don't get to speak to my family, but because, well, it's your husband and, this, you know, you've got kids, you've got a house and, you know, you've paid your mortgage. You know, it's like that fairy story, the real story doesn't want to be told, does it? Because it's not something that you want to face. And I think sometimes we have to face the bad, don't you? I think we have to face the bad. Yes, I, I do agree with that. But I think other people have to learn to face it as well. And I think sometimes the problem is that other people don't know how to face the problem or they don't know how to deal with the current situation. So instead of trying to understand it, it's easier to turn their back and walk away. And I did notice that with lifelong friends of the family. When when I first lost my sight, you know, there were people that would cross the street to avoid contact with me um, and my mother because they didn't want to have to ask the question. They didn't want to have to hear because it was painful for them as well. But I think this is the great thing about the Connect community. The fact that, you know, nowadays, it's something that didn't exist then for me. Nowadays, there is a group of people who are getting together and speaking about their experiences, which makes you feel united and part of a community of your own and not so isolated. And actually, what you have been through may be worse than somebody else that, that you might connect with in the community. It might not be as bad, but one way or another, you're able to connect with each other and have that common empathy that that can sometimes just drive you to trying to make things better for yourself and for everybody else yeah because you've got a similar you know it may not be the same whether it's you know a better or worse but at least you have that experience that shared experience so when i went on the rinrb uh, vision loss course the people there were saying you know sometimes people say well you don't look blind it wasn't me that was saying it was other people I said to them what does blind look like then and I just thought, oh, so it's not just me. And then they gave me these little tips. 
Do you know something? It's been incredible talking to you today. It really has. And thank you, thank you. for joining me on the program and sharing your life story with me. And the very best of luck for the future, Jennifer. Yes, and um, Jill, I'm now going to do my life coaching company and I'm going to be doing what you've just talked about. People don't know how to deal with the bad and I'd like them to face it. So I'm going to have a company called um, Create a New You and I'm going to be launching it in March, hopefully. So I'm working on it now. Well, Let's hope it all goes well. Well, Jennifer, <laughs> well, Jennifer, I'm sure anything you put your mind to will be a great success and we will get you back on to talk about this, definitely. In the meantime, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much, Jill. For more downloads like these, visit rnibconnectradio.org.uk slash podcasts.